0: all and welcome back to strictly hoop talk for another nba division preview this time we got the atlantic division with my guy rob lopez editor-in-chief of def pen sports and def pen hoops producer at count the dings network and roberto on twitter that's r zero but uh beto
1: right right beto yeah, it? it's it's a Robato R zero B A T O similar say, to the yeah similar to the classic '80s hit, um, okay. you know, Mr. Robato. Nice, my
0: guy, my guy, Rob. How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. How are you? It's a it's a nice day out here in New York. Uh, getting a little chilly, but I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, man it's it's definitely it's definitely getting to that fall slash winter weather out out here. Um, let's let's get into it. So let's talk. We're just gonna go through. Um, we're just gonna go through kind of storylines for each team, and then look at the Vegas over/under and kind of make our predictions based off that. So let's start with the Brooklyn Nets. So they brought in this year Ed Davis, Jared Dudley, Kenneth Farid, Shabazz Napier. Um, they lost uh, Darrell Arthur, Dante Cunningham. Uh, I mean, well, they technically lost uh, Dwight Howard, um, Jeremy Jeremy Lin. Uh, Jahil Okafor, Nick Stauskas, and Isaiah Whitehead. So, to me, the interesting thing is, and, and they picked up some nice rotation players. So I like that. I like what Brooklyn did this off season, But to me, the, the, still the biggest, the biggest storyline for them is Spencer Dinwiddie. Is he a part of the core? This is the last year of his contract. And do you think he can play with D'Angelo Russell?
1: Um, well, you know, the interesting thing that you bring up about the Nets. And the way they're constructed currently and even last year too, they they really – it's Kenny Atkinson's system where he's really, really, really heavy and I guess you could say really relies on his offense a lot with the guards. Start at, start at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, they have three guys in their rotation who are the lead ball handlers or, or, or lead guards I guess you could say. You know – People want to classify Karis Levert as a three, I guess, because he's six seven. But but he's he's a guard. He's a point guard. Right. Um. For all intents and purposes. So, right there, that's it's a triumvirate of um, chaos, I guess you could say, because there's two folds to this. One is who's going to be the guy that carries the offense, leads the offense for Kenny Atkinson. And two, who's the guy the Nets are going to pay? Which one of these three guys between Dinwiddie, Levert? and um, D'Angelo Russell are they going to pay because they're all up either for extensions or a new deal Uh, Dinwiddie obviously is expiring uh, this year they got him on a super bargain cheap deal after he left Detroit I believe or or one of the stops he was on and they got him on a super cheap deal he kind of broke out last year with Lane on the sidelines and, and Russell dealing with um some injury stuff himself proved to be a clutch guard you know what I mean he had a I think he had a game winner against the Cavs and LeBron like he proved to be a good a good point guard um can't shoot really defense is kind of eh he gets lost on pick and rolls a lot but he's still a solid player he's a vet too you know he, he's a little bit older than than Dinwiddie or, or LeVert so he has some experience in the league um, he also has a chip on his shoulder he's really not um you know he's he's really not a. a, a a guy who's going to sit back and just watch and let it happen. So I'm interested to see who they start. I imagine it's going to be Dinwiddie and D'Lo with uh, LaVert either coming off the bench or playing three off ball. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think I think the the where it starts here is going to be the guards because they got their big men of the future. You know, they got Jared Allen; he's locked in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't see a world in which one he's included in trade talks or two um, he doesn't get his rookie extension once he's a, a, available to get it. Um, same thing with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I feel like they found their wing three uh, and D wingman of the future. Now he might not be a uh, max guy like people were kind of hoping he'd become, but he's he's a good player. He's a good defender. Um, he's a really great Great locker room guy you know everybody on the team loves him so it's 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 great you know the energy with the nets I was there for the media day about two weeks ago now and they're just it, it's strange that there's a lot of guys on the roster whether it's Kenneth Farid um you know Jared Dudley even Dinwiddie Ed Davis all these guys are on shorter or Joe Harris I believe only has like two years left on his deal a lot of these guys rotation guys um Either they're looking to make that next contract in the NBA, or they're looking to get, you know, a big payday. Um, especially a guy like, you know, Jared Dudley. Who knows? This might be his last stop. It might be. I mean, he's been in the league over what is it, 12 years now? This is 11th season. So he's the most veteran player on the team. He's going to bring a lot of leadership to the team. Um, I imagine he might even start for them going into the season, you know, just a de facto, right. here's a starting power forward. Um, I don't think he'll get heavy minutes. It'd probably be read once, you know, once once things start cooking a little bit. Um, if not, Dudley would probably be the guy off coming off the bench. But yeah, for the Nets, it, it starts with the guards. It all starts with the guards. Can, can D'Angelo Russell become an off-ball savant i guess you could say a guy who cuts off ball moves off ball who can you know catch and shoot off ball he has a little stroke um you know he gets to the hoop he can draw some fouls he's really good pick and roll we saw him do it with with uh, brook lopez for a little bit or not Brooke lopez uh we saw him do it last week jared allen you know it just depends like dinwiddie can't shoot as well as d'angelo but dinwiddie also can't create as well as d'angelo russell um so it's going to be, that's probably the one main thing for the Nets. And then, two, for me, are they going to make the playoffs? You know, they're we're going to get to it, I'm sure, but their over under puts them right about, you know, uh, what was 10 9 last year mm-hmm. in contention for the eighth seed. So I think, you know, they have a lot of vets. They have a lot of solid players. And like I said, a lot of guys looking to prove themselves in this league. Damari Carroll's an expiring contract. Alan Crabb has a lot of money, you know, that the Nets gave him twice, I guess you could say, when they, you know. <laughs> yeah sent the offer sheet Portland match, and then the Nets end up getting him anyway. Um, you know, they have a lot of interesting pieces, a lot of interesting parts. You know, will the Nets look at somebody like D'Angelo Russell or, or Karis LeVert even? And, you know, from what I was hearing and what I was told, they're not trying to trade Karis LeVert at all. It seems like that's the guy they kind of want to stick with and, and give him his extension when he's available for it. Um but, but are they going to, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler aside, if a player, you know, if a situation pops up where a player's unhappy, I, I, you know, the Jimmy Butler situation, and we don't have to get too much into it, but that situation, a Kyrie Irving situation, last two years, proves that these GMs and teams need to have as much assets as possible because you never know who's going to become available. Even Paul George, two years ago, when he said, Yeah, I'm not resigning, you know, the Thunder said, Hey, we have some assets here. Yeah. Um, you have to be prepared at all times. And I think the nets are kind of poised in a position there. One, they have some young, solid talent in a guy like Rondé, like I said, Lavert, um, D'Angelo Russell. And they also have some bigger contracts, I suppose you could say, or, or, or somewhat, you know, veteran rotation guys who can, you know, fill in some voids in Farid, um, in Jared Dudley who are on, you know, expiring deals. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be very very interesting and I, and and I kind of want to hear what you uh have to have to say about this young young squad that's looking to possibly make a playoff play.
0: Yeah, well, last year you were one of the people that helped sell me on the Nets even more so than I already was, and this year it's the same thing. I'm very sold on the Nets for everything that you just pointed out, everything from the assets that they that they now have because they now also are getting their picks back. They're finally at a point where they're getting their picks back, so those can Right. Become part of a, a of a trade package. Although I wouldn't know if I'm Brooklyn, if I'd be in a rush to trade picks after you know years of going through a drought. But uh, the one thing I want to touch on real quick before we move to Karis LeVert, because you made it you made a very interesting point about about Karis LeVert that I want to talk more about. But with Spencer Dinwiddie, um, you know, saying that he's not a, as great of a shooter and as great of a and as great of a, a of a playmaker as D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think I think that's why my original question with is Spencer Dinwiddie part of the core can't and can he play with D'Lo I think that's I think that's the reason why I'm starting I'm, I'm tending to lean with no. I think he's I think he's a good player and I think he's a, a player that a lot of teams will want but I don't think I don't think necessarily he fits with the Nets here because like you said. Jared, Jared Allen is a guy that they're going to lock up um, unless something crazy happens and they get somebody on a ten day or something who turns out to be amazing. But he's basically set in stone. Their their future big. Um, Karis Levert again, like you said, they have a lot of they have a lot of stock in him and D'Angelo Russell. Um, they they trade for him a couple years ago and they and they seem to be um, they seem to be. V- leaning on leaning on um, on keeping him long term mm-hmm. and and so I think and, and I don't think you want to invest that much money especially because Dinwiddie uh, D'Angelo Russell and Kara Silver are all kind of play um, similar games in a way and I, and I think they can fit to an extent but they're all better when they're the when they're the ones in control of the ball they're all three like you said um, per, they're they're best with with ball handling they're best when they have the ball in their hands. So I think that's why the Nets will, in the future, they they got to choose one to two of these guys. Not um, I don't I don't see them
1: keeping all three, um, unless you and, can get Spencer Dinwiddie at a good price. And I hate to cut you off, but uh, the thing about D'Angelo Russell is that the Nets basically got him for free. Right. You know what I mean? They basically worked with the Lakers, swapped some picks, and got Mozgov – and D'Angelo Russell basically for free as a part of a package for a salary dump. So the Nets are viewing D'Angelo Russell as an experiment. And right. one of two things cannot be here with D'Angelo Russell: they could trade him, or I think I think this is my and this is my opinion. This is no, you know, I talked to somebody. I think it's one or two ways for D'Angelo, and, and this would be it. They either trade him or they let him go. I don't think they're assigning him to a big deal. He wants a max deal or or close to a max deal. Justice Winslow just signed a three-year, 39 million extension, I believe. I think that's his baseline. I think mm-hmm. that's right around where D'Angelo is going to work. You know, four for 50, maybe maybe something around there. Um, I just I, the Nets just really kind of view him as an experiment. You know right. what I mean? Like, hey, we got this asset. And and look, D'Angelo Russell was a, a, a number two pick. He's he was a star at Ohio State. He was a star in high school at a, at a, um. He went to high school with Ben Simmons down in Florida. I forget what the name of the school is, but they went to high school. He was he's been a star basically his whole you know basketball young basketball career. He played in L.A. for two years. Um, will somebody else give him a chance? Absolutely. Will somebody pay him? Most likely, there will be a team out there. I mean, look at Orlando, right. for example. They need a point guard Phoenix. They need a point guard. I'm sure somebody will pay him that money he wants. Will it be the Nets? A team looking to, you know, court a big free agent next summer? I don't think so. And I think it's it's it this is probably his last year with the Nets in, in my opinion.
0: That's a no, that's a that's a good point. You're you're right. Um they they got him for a little next uh for a little next to nothing essentially and they and, and he's he's a player who's kind of just an an experiment for them, so I I agree with that actually. Um, that makes sense from 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 a far perspective. It it seemed like they just had they just had interest in keeping him um, just because they are they are a team that's you know still building. But like you said, now that things have changed and there's some buzz around them potentially getting. Uh, free agents like Jimmy Butler named apparently one of the one of the teams he reportedly preferred was the Brooklyn Nets. So that that shows that there's some there that there's some interest from star level players at um with the Brooklyn Nets. And you're right, they're absolutely not going to tie up salary in D'Angelo Russell if they if that means costing them Jimmy Butler. You know, so um, so I find that I find that very interesting. There now let's let's talk about their over under. Um, which which is currently at um it's currently at thirty two th- thirty two and a half so it's actually um it's actually way it's actually way under um what i what i thought it would have been um I would have thought it would have been more thirty five thirty six but um I think this is a team thirty two to thirty five sounds right to me i mean you sound like you're a little bit more hopeful. Or a little bit more optimistic, because does thirty-five to me place you as tenth in the East? I'm not sure.
1: I'm I'm optimistic in the sense that this team not only do they have veteran talent. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Ed Davis when Ed Davis left to left left Portland, a playoff team, a top three seed um you know by record of course you know the the splits there in the west yeah. were crazy it was yeah. something like you know a game separated third and ninth or whatever but still you know he left a, a three in the west to join a nets team that finished 12th in the east mm-hmm. um you know they had 28 wins last year eight seed was at 43 with the wizards last year and they only got down to eight because john wall was hurt they had some issues do I think the Nets could win 15 more games than where they were last year? Let's say, put them right there. Um, I think so. I think they're going over. I think right. theirs is a better team. I think this team is good. Yeah. You know, th- this team is not a, a hey, bring me your, bring me your poor, bring me your, you know, bad contract team anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. They're done. Like you said, they're they they, had, they owe no more picks to the Celtics. They don't owe any picks to the any other teams really for anything major. I mean, outside of some second round picks, whatever. This team is good. I think this team is going to be good, and I think they're going to have strong veteran voices and a guy like Jared Dudley, you know, Ed Davis, who's a little bit quieter, but he's he's a serious guy and he's here to win. Um, Damari Carroll is a proven vet. He's been around. You know, his journey is crazy. You know, going to smaller schools and then eventually making it to the you know NBA through like the D League and stuff and signing ten days. So like these guys have been through a lot of stuff, and I think this vet team as long as they're healthy and that's the major caveat with all this stuff you know what i'm saying right. like if jared allen breaks his foot god forbid knock on wood you know their 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 season's going to look a whole lot of different than you know what it what it was and last year if you remember jeremy lin got injured in the first what two quarters of the season um you know he like he did he messed up his knee so so their their season kind of you know that's that was a guy they were leaning on to be their starting point guard and their season kind of just went oh well Let's not try. you know, cause right. they lost their guys. So yeah, I mean, long story short, I, I, I like this team. I like what they're doing. Um, defensively, I think they have a, they have a lot of room for growth, especially at the point of attack there with the guard. I think their best defender at the point guard position will be Levert for two reasons. Obviously his size, um, two and his length, you know, this guy's is, 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 is he's an athlete and I'm happy to see him bounce back from where he was in Michigan, you know, going through his injury issues. You know, he was a projected what top five, top 10 pick before he yeah. broke his foot. Um, And the Nets got really on a really good deal. Same thing with Jared Allen. Jared Allen has had some questions coming out of Texas. You know, is he serious about basketball, blah, blah, blah. Fell to whatever he fell to. I think the 20s in the draft and the Nets scooped him up. He looks like he's going to be a really, really, really good player. Um, And then the rookies they actually got last year, Zanin Musa and Rodians Kuduks. Those two guys, people might not know about them. They're international guys. They're really good wingmen, you know, guard forward, switchy. They're they're kind of uh uh, uh you know slash shooters, um, slashers to the rim, shooters behind the arc. They're really good players. I don't think they'll crack the rotation, but if they do, I think they could make some plays. Those are two good, good, good wings. And and getting to know them a little bit over the summer into the season, they're really funny. They're really nice guys. I, I like this team. I just I just really like this team. You know, the Ed Davis signing to me kind of is a little sign in the sense of hey guys like remember when ed davis signed over the summer and all the blazers were like oh my god how could you let him go blah blah, right, blah, blah, yeah. blah this, that, the third the outpouring of love for ed davis is real Ed Davis is a serious 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 competitor. You know, talking to him at media day somebody asked him he was like, "Hey, do you smile?" Like this guy is really really serious and I know everybody's going to think, "Oh my god, he's a rotation guy. He doesn't average more than 10 points." That stuff he does the dirty work though. He's a good player. He's yeah, solid. he's he's going to um, he's, he's going to do some good things I think this year for the Nets playing alongside a guy like Jared Allen. I mean, that's going to be a tough 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 inside to score on. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think I think I think if the over what did you say it was thirty two, the yeah. over under there, that's only four wins off from last year. And without they had twenty eight last year without Jeremy Lin, um, can they get up to the 40? I think so. I think the East is worse. Obviously, you know you lost LeBron. Right. Um, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and pretend like oh yeah it's the same Eastern Conference as last year like you know. <laughs> pieces on the on the on the deck shuffled around a little bit and I think the Nets are a team that are gonna move up as other teams kind of move down, maybe out. Yeah.
0: You know, I I agree with what you're saying. Um, so it sounds like you're smashing the over button. I'm I'm going I'm definitely hitting the over button on this, 32 and a half. I think I think they're going to end somewhere around thirty-five, which is um which is where I see them. because uh, Charlotte's over-under. that's for another division podcast, but that's at thirty five and a half and I think they're about on par with Charlotte potentially even better and uh but I just don't see them in that tier with De- with Detroit and Miami as those like last playoff spots. so I think they're I think they're a solid uh I think they're a solid nine or nine or ten and
1: right I think they'll fight they'll fight into the last month I think I think right. you know when that last month comes around it's like Charlotte last year Charlotte. Yeah looking at the standings right now charlotte last year had 36 wins yeah 36 and 46 if the next get the 36 and 46 that's a good improvement if they hit 40 you know going to 40 40 and up that means somebody broke out you know russell yeah. had a good season lavert had a huge season jared allen had a huge season you know if one of those guys does that then we're looking at a you know a, probably a lock but i'm definitely locking the over on this for sure for sure yeah. just four extra wins yeah for sure
0: yeah easy easy I, I think this is one of the easiest over unders um, for, for for a lot of the reasons you said too um, just the fact that these are the type of teams I like when when it has when it has a good combination of veterans and young guys and it it's so much of their core is young players and you can assume every year I mean it's not always a safe assumption but it but it's pretty safe to assume every year that most or all young guys will take some sort of leap in their game get some level uh, of improvement. And so you, you just talk about the internal improvement potential of this team, plus not only the the key additions that they got. Like Ed Davis, I think is is a big addition, like you said. Um, Kenneth Fareed, I think he can I think he, he will have I think he'll be a guy who kind of bounces in and out of the rotation and I, I think he'll definitely have some um, some stretches in the season where he'll be where he'll be pivotal to the team or he'll be he'll be a key rotation player. And he's I, home,
1: man. Ketifari, yeah. that's where he's from. He's from Jersey. You know, he grew up watching the Nets. So he's home. He's excited. Yeah. He's excited. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I'm, I'm looking forward to Nets. Now let's transition to the other New York team, uh, the New York Knicks. So to me, the biggest thing they have this season with Kristaps Porzingis' injury, um, obviously that's the most important thing is rehabbing. Is, is rehabbing Kristaps uh, Porzingis the right way? But let's just look real quickly at their um, at their acquisitions. So they got currently as I'm pulling it up, uh, stalling time like Jade here. Um, <laughs> okay, so they got they got of course my boy Mario Hazonia. Um I'm still I'm still believing in him. Still going down still going down on that on that island. Uh, Noah Vonley, Kevin Knox, and uh, Mitchell Mitchell Robinson, and they lost Michael Beasley and Kyle Quinn, who were who were. Uh, were very nice rotation players for them last year Um, so my thing with the Knicks is the most important thing is obviously number one rehabbing uh, Kristaps Przingis but one B to me is uh, just what and this is a question I pose to you what do you think or what do they have to do to make themselves attractive for star free agents because that to me is what New York is all about this year right it's like this year is about setting themselves up as best
1: as possible for next year I think, I think with the Knicks, honestly, and if I'm being a thousand percent honest, if even if the Knicks go 82 and 0, as long as they have the same owner, it's going to be a problem. I'm with that. James Dolan, James Dolan, James Dolan, isn't looked at in the best light, you know, bef- for a long time now, and now you know with that the, the stuff that he went through with Charles Oakley isn't a good look. You know, yeah. we all remember the stuff he, you know, forced the Knicks to basically sign Melo to that max deal, which wasn't a good look at the end of it. Um, you know, but now, now it appears that his he's hands off. Now it appears that he's just sat back because because the old James Dolan would have said, "Jimmy Butler's available. Okay, cool. Let's trade, you know, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and whoever else for him." You know what I'm saying? Let's bring right. the star to the city. Looks like he's kind of taking a step back. So I think if they can. Ki- Keep the trust in Steve Mills and keep the trust in, um, in the GM. I, th- I think this team is going to be bad. Just mostly due in part because Kristaps is hurt. I mean we're probably right. – they, they said December. I don't think he's going to be back before the All-Star break because he got hurt last March I believe. I believe it was like – or no, it yeah. was right before the All-Star game because he didn't It was play.
0: February I think.
1: Yeah, he got hurt like right before the All-Star game. So I think – because he was voted an All-Star. Yeah, so I think – the team's gonna be bad, and they're not gonna be without their best player probably until the top. At, at the earliest, I would say top of 2019. You know, after New Year's. Right. So now it's now we look at the roster. They just released Joe Kim Noah, by the way, like recently, yeah. like within the last hour or so, according to Woj. They're gonna do a wave and stretch as opposed to a full buyout, which is a is a little sign to people who know the salary cap or who at least keep up with transactions that. You know they have to pay 19 million, and instead of buying him out, they're stretching his 19 million over the next three years, mm-hmm. which means they don't have a cap hit, a major cap hit, going into next summer. So mm-hmm. I, it's obvious their mindset is okay. Here we go. It's time to gear up and try to bring a big name free agent. Next summer is going to be crazy. You know, KD, Butler, Clay Thompson. You have all the you know bunch of all stars going to be hitting free agency. DeMarcus Cousins, once again, he's going to be a free agent again. So what are they going to do in the meantime? Well, they have guys to develop. And, and one guy that you didn't mention, which is fine because he went undrafted, was Alonzo Trier from Arizona. He has been showing out in preseason and in summer league this kid is the real deal he's a he's a guard smaller guard about six five he's he's definitely a two he's not a point guard but he can create his own shot he can shoot um he's pretty solid on the defensive end too so i'm excited to see his growth they just converted him to a two-way deal after being on a non-guaranteed so he's on he's on the way up you know the that's that's going to be their rookie class trio you know it's going to be Trier. Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox. Obviously, we all know. We've all heard about Kevin Knox. He's a top ten pick. Um, Mitchell Robinson should have been a top ten pick, but some off court issues kind of messed that up for him. So he went mm-hmm. late, and the Knicks kind of stole him in the second round, honestly. And he's kind of been showing out too as a rim protecting, rim running big man. I mean, he he reminds me of similarly kind of what like DeAndre Jordan was coming out, a really raw, athletic yeah. set footer who just rim runs, dude. Like I, I like he crushes when he dunks the ball. It's it like <laughs> Dude, it's like he's trying to pull the whole rim <laughs> into the floor and destroy the whole arena. Like he destroys the ball. So I'm excited about that rookie trio. And yeah. I'm you know, you look look at the Knicks roster, dude. Like if you're looking at it like name wise, yeah. Look how many guys are lottery picks. Nine yeah, that's what I was gonna picks, say. Top yeah. five picks. Kristaps, Moutier, Ines Cancer, Frank Nilakina, um, Trey Burke lottery pick. Yeah, Hazonia's a lottery pick. Kevin Knox lottery pick. A lot of these guys. Noah vonley was a lottery pick in his draft. You're right. Yeah. A lot of these guys are lottery pick, you know, talents. They obviously have skills. So for this season, it's gonna be the Knicks. They're gonna say, All right. Who do we got going forward? We know own is locked in going forward. We know you know, Cantor is in the last year of his deal. We know we can re-sign Chris Stapps and Moutier if we wanted to. Obviously, Chris Stapps is probably going to get that max rookie extension. Even with the torn ACL, I don't see a world in which they don't give him that max rookie extension. Right. Moutier is going to be an interesting case similarly to D'Angelo Russell in the sense that like, all right, what do we have here? You know what I mean? And Moutier obviously has not worked out as well as Russell has to this point. Moutier came in as a as a big, strong defensive guard. Um, he really hasn't really shown much of anything in his time between Denver and some of New York last year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had flashes, but, like, you know, we were expecting this ball-dominant great guard, point guard, a big, big point guard, and he kind of hasn't um I'm not ready to give group. up on him. Me neither. I mean, like, I really liked him coming out of college. You know, he yeah. had uh, uh, Larry Brown raves about him. Larry Brown originally recruited him to SMU, and, and, and this kid, you know, decided to go overseas yeah. and play in China, I believe. He has talent. He has a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and I would hate to see him not see it through, especially being a top-five pick. You know, that yeah. sticks with you for a long time, man. That sticks with you, you know, when you're a top-five pick or a top-four pick, whatever, and you don't work out and you're out of the league before your, you know, rookie extension – you know, look at Okafor, for example. He just right. signed a two way deal or whatever with the Pelicans. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um So, for the Knicks, they're going to be bad. I mean, th- there's no doubt about it. Now, it's just about who are they going to, you know, can they trade Courtney Lee for a second round pick? Mm-hmm. You know, or are they going to keep Lance Thomas for the long haul? I think they will. He's a good locker room guy. He has a nice, decent contract. They, uh, Ron Baker, they're going to probably, you know, keep him around, maybe see what his value is. They have. They they they're going to be bad, but I think they're going to be worse than the Nets. Obviously, yeah. Um, I just I'm just excited to see how the young guys are going to develop and, and see maybe what we another kind of point guard trio battle here between Trey Burke, Manuel Mudiay, and Frank Ntilikina. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to me. I think you know they want to give the keys to Ntilikina, but Trey Burke has shown he has some flashes. And can we put yeah. Mudiay at a two? Can we leave him at the guard? It's just it's it's a bad team with some nice young prospects, um, and, and I think I set in the future, like you said, to some some uh, big name talents, um, you know, twenty nineteen and beyond. Yeah,
0: and you know that that's the interesting thing about them is this is a team full of guys that I that I like, full of prospects that that I just like, man, if they just if things break right these guys could i i could see them
1: being good that's like new york's who knows? entire team in a nutshell under Fisdale, man like yeah. we, that's probably their biggest acquisition of the whole right. summer is Very david true. Fisdale as their head coach you know under him he he's players swear by him and you can go from lebron yeah. chris bosh dwayne wade all the way through you know mario chalmers all those miami guys all the way through memphis ben mm-hmm. mclemore all those younger guys that that learned under him Deontay davis obviously not Marcus all but a bunch of the other players <laughs> that played with him at memphis they swear by him and and, yeah. and he's a guy it's a great coach for them to hire he's gonna be great with the media he's also going to be there he's a young enough coach where he can stay and see through this rebuild you know what i mean he's not a he's not a, a slouch you know dummy lame you know just fill in the blank coach that we're, all right we're just putting this guy here and so we're done with our the rebuild then we're gonna fire him no he can be a coach that'll help develop these guys and then once they if they get the big name talents or if a, a guy like mudier or you know even tim hardaway jr becomes you know, reaches his all-star kind of potential you know this could be a coach that you see through the long haul and i yeah. and and i think he's going to be very important to the development of these young guys
0: i agree i agree so um we named a lot of prospects so one last thing i want to do before i hit the over before we hit the over under is who is the one guy because we named so many prospects that we just that we really um that that we like who's the one guy you really see as like this is the guy that I think is going to emerge from that cluster, whether it's anyone in the backcourt between Burke, Neil Aquina or Moody, or if it's a wing like Hazonia. Like, who do you see as that, as that intriguing prospect that you think is just going to, to break out? Because that, that to me, changes the Knicks' whole timeline as if, like you said, one of those guys or two of those guys pop.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing with Hazonia for me, and I really liked him coming out of, coming out of Europe, yeah. Um, he was probably my favorite prospect in that draft, I believe the 2014-15 yeah, draft. Mm-hmm. Um same draft as Chris Stapps and Moody, by the way. Those yeah. those guys, four, five, three, four, five, or whatever. Um, you know, that's interesting to me that they have those all those guys there together. But yeah. Hazonia, Hazonia, I really like his game. He's a three and D slashing wing. He's crazy athletic. I don't think people really understand how his he has crazy bounce. He has yeah. crazy bounce. He can win a, a dunk six, contest
0: five. and a three-point contest. that, yeah, was, like, I, that was the thing
1: one of those, about him. Yeah, he's definitely one of those wingmen that can do that. He's perfect size, six eight. Um, yep. He's really interesting. But I think to me, you know, you can say Knox if you want. He's probably mm-hmm. a favorite for rookie of the year. You know, between him, Aiden, and Luca, those are yep. the three guys. Partially, mostly because Knox is, you know, he's going to play without Kristaps, so it's going to be room right. for him to create. I think the guy that's gonna be so important for them, though is going to be Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, they had they signed him to a deal last summer that had a lot of people scratching their head. Yeah. He had some flashes last year. Um, when it when it comes to the team and when it comes to what they're doing going forward, he's gonna be very, 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 very important as a wingman or or a two, I guess a, a bigger two. A guy who can play alongside a guard, whether it is Neil Aquino or Burke or Moutier. His development, you know, he's only in his fifth going into the sixth season now. And now that he's back in New York, because let's all remember, he started with the Knicks. The Knicks traded him to move up in the draft to Atlanta. And then he re-signed with the Knicks after Phil Jackson left. Right. He has something to prove. And I think, think, you know, him averaging career highs and points – rebounds and assists last year is in in only 57 games. He didn't play, you know, 70 games. He he missed a lot of time, almost half the season. I think that he's going to find a way to become a player that really 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 kind of sets the tone and I think if he breaks out this year, like I said into a t- potential all-star guy, you know, a guy who maybe is in the discussion cuz let's remember the east is really bad. Um In comparison to the West. So, if a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr., look, if he posts 25 points per game, I mean, you can't, what are you going to say? Not a lot of players average 25 points per game. and, and, And if he's putting up 25 points per game on some good numbers, you know, the Knicks can be probably still be, you know, pretty bad. I think he's going to be very important because if we're looking at the future of the Knicks, we're not going to, we're going to, you know, they have, I believe they have their pick next year. Um, The draft is really top heavy next year. So they're not going to, they're probably not, unless they finish like the worst at the bottom, they're probably not going to get a guy like RJ Barrett um, or or Cam Reddish or Nazir Little, one of those top prospects. You know, they're probably looking maybe a little bit later on the draft. So this year, they're probably going to hope that a guy like Tim Hardaway pops, Mario Hazonia pops. Um, and Knox and and Mitchell Robinson and Alonzo Trier, they show some development and then Chris Taps comes back looking healthy because then that pick that they make, it doesn't have to be a pick. Maybe they can even trade down to the point where they're like, Hey, you know what? We have a lot of assets, we have a lot of young guys. You know, uh, Minnesota, let's say, falls out of the playoffs, they want to move up a little bit, maybe they have a guy they really like. Maybe you can snag one of their, you know, a Tyus Jones, for example, a rotation player to come come in and be a backup point whatever just to move up or move down a couple spots in the draft so but to to answer your question more more finite here tim hardaway jr i think he's going to be the most important now he's not you know as a rookie or in a second year or anything but he's in year five he's he's 28 or 26 he's going to be 26 years old and this is about time you know 26 27 is when guys start hitting their peak and you know like i said he has a big contract that he needs to prove um his worth, you know, not only to to to, fan Knicks fans, but to everybody out there who you know scratched their head because I know I did when when the yeah. Knicks made that offer because <laughs> I was you know, I didn't think he would get a uh, I, you know maybe the Knicks would have offered him I didn't think the offer was gonna be like that so yeah I, I think for me it's Tim Hardaway Jr. close 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 second though Mario Hazonia just because of his uh, mm-hmm. potential that I don't think was really really accessed in Orlando just due to the fact that they kind of just um over overstocked his position so to speak they didn't know where to put him so right let's uh, let's those two guys and and i wouldn't be surprised if his is actually the guy let's you know what i mean flips it and he's the guy who goes up and averages 25 a game and, and people are like oh shit uh this guy's pretty good you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah you know it's so funny that you mentioned tim hardaway jr because to be honest with you that's one of the players that slipped my mind when i'm thinking okay who's the guy that could pop? I forget one that he's even on the team and two that he's still so young cuz it seems like he's just been with uh he's just been on New York for an eternity now even though he really hasn't. And um yeah, so I I agree um, he's definitely he's definitely very vital to the team in that in the sense that number one they have a lot of money tied to him and number two if somebody's going to be a scorer, it's probably going to be him. But like you said, I'm going with Hazonia for my number one just because I I've I believed in him from day one. I thought that I, I, I could tell by year two in Orlando that it was just that it, Orlando was just a mess and he needed to get out of there. And now that he's out of there, I think he's a guy who remember the talk in the draft was about this guy that like this guy thinks he's Kobe. like Right. He says guy, it, though.
1: Yeah, he's he he has an attitude. A lot of European players have or international players have that attitude where they're just, you know, I'm going to kill you. Like these yeah. players go on the court and they're like, I'm going to kill you. I want to, you know, own you. I want you to see who I am because on the flip side, the stigma, a lot of, you know, and I hate to get into a history lesson, but right, yeah. going, when, when guys first came up, let's say a Tony Kukoc, for example, with the Bulls, there's stories of the Bulls like talking about Tony Kukoc and saying that they didn't respect him because he was an international player. He's mm-hmm. not an American. You know, he's not an American guy. We why are we going to pass him the ball? So, yeah. you know, eventually, obviously, Kukoc was was a pivotal part of, of the Bulls um, dynasty there in the second half of it. A lot of the players coming into Europe have those old stories in mind where they don't respect the guy. Kristaps thinking about Kristaps when he first came in. Oh, he's too skinny. He's too frail. He's weak. Meanwhile, month into the season, two months into the season, he's dunking on everybody. He's blocking everything. So these European players have a lot to prove. And Hazonia, for sure. Hazonia, if you look up his highlights on YouTube, all he does is talk trash. All yeah. he does is talk trash. And I love that. That's New York, bro. Like Being from New York, I hate to go, yo, no, yo, New York. But that's New York, bro. Like That's a New Yorker right there, 100%. dude. 100%. So I'm, I'm hyped for to see what, what he does on that court.
0: 100% man I'm I'm all in on on his um okay so New York New York Knicks over under is at 29 and a half I'm going a slight under I got them anywhere from the 20 25 26 to 28 range I think that's about what this team does this year are 29 you...
1: and a half you said right yep mm, 29 they had 29 wins last year yeah. Ooh. You know, Kristaps is going to come back and he's not going to be like the same Kristaps right off jump. I, I, yeah. I, we're all assuming that. I would I, I would say under is the lock. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably around, though, about that 25 win. I don't see them winning more than 30 games. That would be kind of crazy. That would mean like yeah. Tim Hardaway and his own pops while Kevin Knox is running away of rookie of the year. You know what I'm saying? They they would right, yeah. have, have a lot of things break their way. Maybe, hell, maybe they even trade for a guy like Jimmy Butler and and, you know, something happens. But. You know, even if Kristaps does come back in January, let's say early, a little early in the timetable, he's not going to be Kristaps Kristaps until you know probably at least at at the earliest after the All Star break. I mean, those guys they got to get accustomed to, and that's the same thing I say about DeMarcus Cousins. I don't want to you know step on your toes for Pacific, but like when when the big men, especially any player, when they come back from a major injury, takes some time to get reacclimated. Mm-hmm. for multiple reasons i mean one is mental and gordon Harrod talks about this and we'll i'm sure we'll get to that in the celtics but like that first time he stepped on the court the first time he jumped the first time he you know did a play similar to the play that got him hurt um that's all a mental mental is huge for these guys but yeah i don't i don't know if chris Tops will be the same when he comes back to lead them you know what for the last 30 games of the season whatever nah i think that 29 i think that's a safe under i wouldn't have it as a lot but I think it's a safe under for sure under 29 and a half
0: yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you um maybe if they had Prazingis, I out if they had Przingis, I would hit the over but um yeah I don't think I'm with you I don't think he's going to come back for a while and I don't think he's going to come back 100% Chris Stops right away
1: right because so, this roster with a healthy Chris Stops is an improved roster from last year right but without Chris Stops it's it's a it's a major it's a major major blow. Yeah. Um all right,
0: let's transition to Philly, another young intriguing team that had an amazing season last year. They they added to their team Wilson Chandler, Mike Miscala, Z Zahir Zaire Smith. I, I always say it wrong. Landry uh Landry Schmet, and um and also their other two picks, uh Shake Milton and Noah and Noah Bolden. And they lost Justin Anderson, Marco Bellinelli, uh Rashawn Holmes, who I liked as a lot as a prospect, um, and Ursan Ilyasova. So, and they also re-signed Amir Johnson and JJ Reddick. So the Sixers did not get the star that they wanted, but they but they drafted some nice prospects and they got a they got a a good wing player in Wilson Chandler, who I like a lot, a nice backup big in Mike Mescala. Um I think they had I think they had a fine offseason. They did lose Bellinelli and Ilyasova, Um, Again, in homes, I like to, but I, I think this team, I think this, I think people that there, there's a, there's a portion of people that are, that are pretty bullish on this team um, just because they didn't get that star acquisition that they, that they looked for. But I, I think they had a good off season and I think they're going to be a, a, I still think they're going to be a really good team and and an even better team than last year. What do you think?
1: Let's for also for clarification, or or I think we should do this too, just to kind of add to their off season additions. We might as well just add Markout Foltz into that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean like this guy. What did he play like eight eight or eighteen games last year or something like that? Um, in his rookie year, um, yeah, fourteen games. I mean like you might as well just add him there. Same same thing. You know, we'll talk about the Raptors, but basically they're they're just adding Kawhi and replacing DeRozan. But um, right. yeah, I mean the 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 Sixers are fun, in the sense that they they have a lot of the young stars. They have a bunch mm-hmm. of the trio of young stars in the making. Obviously, Joel Embiid, you know, tier one. He can be a superstar in this league. You know, probably a, a big man that hasn't hit a superstardom since Shaq. Maybe this guy has charisma. He has personality. He has the skill on the court when he's healthy. That's the biggest thing, though, is him being healthy. All signs are pointing towards him. You know, having his first full healthy season, which would be fantastic. You know, maybe he's finally grown. And that's the thing with a lot of these big guys. They're still growing when they come into the NBA at 18, 19. You know what I'm saying? Like they're still kids and they're still growing. So them having injuries isn't a shock shock. Um, You know, obviously health is going to be utmost importance for them uh, between the health of Marco Fultz, um, the health of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as well. But I think the biggest thing for them is what are they going to do with this lineup? Now, going into the season, they're going to start a lineup of Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, uh, Joel Embiid, Robert Covington, and Dario Saric. I believe they're probably going to be their fifth man in the lineup. Basically, what they're doing is they're taking out J.J. Redick and putting in Markel Fultz. Now, that's fine, but the thing about that is – that six or starting five is the best lineup in the NBA last year, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. It wasn't even close. The point differential was like plus 99 or something like that, and the second best was like plus 64 or something. It wasn't even close. Um, so what are they going to do? Uh, are, are they going to be the same team that finished third in the East last year? Are they going to be the same team that you know found a way to work with have Ben Simmons work Point with a bunch of shooters around them. They still have the same coach. They still have the same schemes. They still have a bunch of the same kind of vets, you know, with Jared Bayless still there. Amir Johnson still there. Um, You know, what are they going to do? They replaced two vital rotation – no, vital, important rotation guys and Marco Bellinelli and Ilya Sova. Basically, they replaced them with Wilson Chandler and Mike Muscala. I'd say an upgrade from – Bellinali to Wilson. I'd say it downgraded from um Ilyasova to Moscala, but not by much. I mean, we're talking about, you know, ninth, tenth rotation men there, but, right. you know, they're not going to have their rookie Zaire Smith. The rookie curse for Philly continues. They're not going to have him probably <laughs> until Christmas. I really like Landry Shamet. I, I talked to him a little bit before the draft, uh, point guard, guard out of the Wichita State. You know, he's, uh, you want to talk about Wichita State guards? Look at the guys in the NBA right now from Wichita State. They're all in the Atlantic division. Ron Baker, Fred VanVleet, Landry Schmidt, That program knows how to win. Those players know how to win. They know how to find success. I think he's going to be a pretty good backup point guard, especially as Jared Bayless fights, you know, a little injury um going into the season. I think it'll be interesting, you know, maybe come in relief of TJ McConnell at times. So it's going to be it's going to be a team that probably will still have the same success as long as they you know, as long as they don't have any injuries, that's just going to be their thing is their injuries. Can they stay yeah. healthy? And the development of Markov Fultz, signs are looking decent in the preseason. He hasn't looked great, great. But, uh, you know, his jump shot looks fine. Um, are we going to see him take that step defensively to where he can be that rangy, you know, switchable guard who can switch off and Yeah, they play think he can be an
0: all-NBA defender.
1: Yeah, I mean – you know everybody says that that's great, yeah. <laughs> um, sure, I mean, there's a void now, you know. Uh, uh yeah. um, DeJonte Murray's out for the season, so is he the guy that's going to step up? And you know, another you know, Washington product, is he going to take his fellow Washington product spot there on all defensive guard? I don't see it, but I think if he takes steps in that direction, I think that'll be great. <coughs> Excuse me, I just think all signs are um, pointing towards their health because if they're healthy. Um, and it all, and then it's all, you know, back to Joel Embiid, if they're healthy and they know that they can, you know, produce, you're not going to have the same NBA best lineup again, but if they can produce a lineup to something similar, that still has a great point differential. That still is a top defensive team. I mean, people forget the Philly, you know, defense is one of the best defenses in the league last year. I believe it was top, yeah. top five at worst. Um, and that all starts with Joel Embiid and then point of attack defense again Ben Simmons at the point of attack it's so important it, it, him being a 6'10 guard and, and teams are going to have to switch up everything you know you go one night you're playing the Celtics and it's Kyrie and then the next night you know Kyrie you know 6'2 guard and the next night you're playing Ben Simmons 6'10 you know point that's guard funny, like right. that's intimidating as hell you got to switch up a lot of stuff so um this team's going to be interesting to watch and i think they're going to they have a lot of good vets mixed in with a bunch of uh uh, uh Good, young talent. They don't have anything, you know, really questions about who's going to be what. You know, they know their point guard is – they know their point guard of the future is Ben Simmons. They know their big man of the future is Joel Embiid. You know, Fultz is the is the only main question out of that trio. But this team is going to be one that I, I definitely think competes for a top four seed in the East – um, and I definitely think if all breaks right for them, they're contention for number one in the East for sure. You know, they just have too much damn talent and they, they could easily have two all stars. I mean, they almost had two all stars last year with Ben Simmons and, and Embiid. You know, Ben Simmons almost made the final cut there with, with the injury replacement stuff. So um, they're they, they going to be good I, if, as yeah. long as they're healthy. As long as they're healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, Philly's Philly's going to be damn good this year. Uh, I'm very interested to see again. Fultz, like you said, a lot of the signs in the preseason. Where I agree, that was my takeaway from what I saw as well. Is that he's a player who's, who's um, he he's he's not he's not playing like a number one pick, but he's playing but he's playing pretty good. And I think I think a lot of that will be time because he's almost he's he's almost a lot like uh, a lot like Gordon Hayward, who we'll get to later in a situation where it's just like I feel like he's like rehabbing. Uh, I feel like he's rehabbing and trying to get back in the swing of things. Like he missed maybe, a significant stretch,
1: and maybe for Foltz, it's not an injury so much as it is, as it is mental. mental. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. mental rehab is big for him. Yeah,
0: I I agree. Um, so the interesting thing about Philly is that they're projected they're, their their win loss right now is projected at um, or their over under is is fifty four and a half, and they won fifty two games last season. So. Um, so they're suggesting a two to three win improvement for for the team. Uh, with the like you said, with the conference getting weaker, um, there's a lot of room for amazing internal improvement. They're returning the best lineup by far in the NBA last year. Again, it's it's very hard to have the best lineup two years in a row, but you got it's safe to assume that that's going to be one of the best lineups uh, again this year. So with that with that being said, I think I think this is an easy over. Assuming assuming health, of course.
1: Yeah, man. That's the biggest thing. Cause when right. you're at that fifty-five win mark, you're you're I mean, look last year there's four teams that won fifty-five or more games last year in the whole NBA. Yeah. So that means yeah. you're you're a top two seed at the worst. Um if you're yeah. getting fifty-five. Uh, man, it's gonna be tough. I think it's gonna be tough for them to crack. I think they're gonna be hovering. It's 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 they're gonna be right there. I think they're gonna be right there. Yeah. That 53, 54, 5, up to 56. They're gonna be there as yeah. long as they all stay healthy. It's 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 pretty much the same team. You know, you're just sort sw- switching out a couple pieces for each other. Um, the the difference for them is gonna be besides health, once again, and I hate to keep saying health, but geez, yeah. man, but this team, it's just everything, dude. Yeah. because um, if they lose Embiid, say they lose Embiid, their 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 team looks like a completely different team. Uh-huh. So if oh, it's gonna be health. It's going to be health and it's going to be Markel Fultz's development. If Markel Fultz becomes a solid rotation, two guard, even point guard when Simmons isn't on the floor, that's going to be so important for them to push towards 60 wins, even. Because if they're healthy and Markel Fultz is showing signs of becoming a a good, you know, starter level player, then that's going to be so important, important for them because they're going to be a team now. Okay, we have our young big three. We have Fultz. Simmons and Bede, we're pushing 55-60 wins, um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be health, and 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 I'm going to continue my, my streak here, my trend of talking about under-appreciated um, players on the roster, and I'm going to bring up Jonah mm-hmm. Bolden, Jonah Bolden out of Australia, this guy is a great forward. He's he's a, a power forward, small forward mix. He played at UCLA. He was on the Australian national team. Has a little relationship with Ben Simmons. Um, you know, he just came over this year after spending a season with Maccabi Tel Aviv. This kid is – he's fun. He's fun to watch. Um, you know, he's going to be a good player to, to keep your eye on. Going into this season, he's coming over. Like I said, he's coming over from Maccabi Tel Aviv. He's going to be a good player, possibly at the end of the rotation. Maybe a guy gets hurt. And he sneaks in and surprises some people. But, uh, yeah, Jonah Bolden, keep your eye on him.
0: Yeah. I, I'm i intrigued, man. Philly's got Philly's got a very interesting team. Um, this, is I, I do think... this is the season.
1: This is the season. I'm sorry to cut you off. But this is the season, I think, for them. It's for them to prove, all right, we struck out in free agency. Are we, are we good enough to be an elite top-tier team to the point where we don't need to sign a Klay Thompson? We don't need right. to sign a Jimmy Butler. This is the season where they determine that more, more so than last year because last year you were looking at Ben Simmons, his rookie year, Marco Fultz's rookie year. All right, this team could be fun. Maybe they'll be a playoff team. This season is going to be the season where they're looking at these guys and they're saying, all right, do we have the elite talent in, in-house to the point where we can now say – screw it. We don't need to sign we these guys. We team. need to sign Yeah, we need to sign the guys on the periphery. We need to sign the others as Shaq says to really compete as for a title.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's what that's what this season is about. That's a that's a fantastic way to, way to wrap up the Philadelphia 76ers. So, let's jump to the Toronto Raptors. Um they, of course, arguably one of the biggest names of the of the summer, one of the most active uh, teams of the summer. Uh, firing their coach, Dwayne Casey. Thank you for that. As a as a Pistons fan, we thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> and bringing in Nick Nurse, uh, their their assistant promoting from in-house. And, of course, they trade DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertle to the Spurs for Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. Um, and they also signed Greg Monroe as their free agent. So um, And they re-signed Fred Van Fleet and Lorenzo Brown. So... I think Toronto, by any stretch, despite uh, despite all the all all the cultural things that um, Demar Derozan brings to the team and all that, um, just from an outside perspective, from a pure on paper perspective, they had a great off season in my eyes. Um, they needed to they needed to make a move, and while it, it was unfortunate for them to to remove Dwayne Casey, it it was easier. Quite frankly, the the answer that nobody wants to hear—that's probably the truth—is that it was easier to fire a coach than to move, you know, sixty million dollars right. in salary of, of players. So right. that's what it really came down to, um, because something had to go either either the coach or the core, and it was just easier to move the coach. Quite frankly, so um, they they go now all in with with Kawhi Leonard in this trade, one year, one shot, um, which I thought was a brilliant trade because. If things do go south, Toronto has the option to then blow it up. Um, So, so I think it was a, I think it was a great year, um, a a great move on both fronts for Toronto for keeping competitive and improving and maybe even getting better. To saying, okay, you know what, it still didn't work. It's, it's got to be the core now because it's a new coach. Let's just break this up and blow this up. So, I love Toronto's off season. to me, though, they're they top five team on both ends of the floor last year, and they have the potential to be better. Um, do they do they really have what it takes to go against Boston?
1: Um, yeah, I, I I like Toronto. I think they're a team that's probably going to be. I I if if I was a betting man, um, I would put Toronto as my favorite to finish first in the East as long as Kawhi's there, and it really? looks like you know all yeah. I mean, this team defensively. The the, I was listening to the Low Post the other day or yesterday I believe, and he had a uh, he had um, Jeff Van Gundy on. He was talking about a potential a lineup, maybe not a starting lineup, maybe a you know a lineup coming into the second quarter, whatever. Of Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, and Pascal Siakam, um, you're Oof. not scoring on that team. <laughs> that five, you're not scoring. I mean, you might yeah. be able to get by Lowry, but Pascal Siakam's going to defend the rim. Kawhi Leonard is just. An impossible – float. when Kawhi Leonard floats like he did against the Heat for the Spurs finals, it's almost impossible to make an entry pass because the sky is everywhere. (laughs) And if he's an engaged Kawhi Leonard in his prime, that's – dude, that's a top three player in the league. You're you're basically – you're going from DeMar DeRozan who is a good player, an all-star in his own right. He's a fantastic scorer. Um, Questions on the defensive end even though he did show improvement last year. You're going from that to a top three player in the league, a guy with the potential to be one of three players all time to win an MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. That's yeah. insane, dude! Like you're getting a guy who is literally one of the best players in the league, and he's in Toronto. So yeah. as long as he's healthy and he's there, and Kyle Lowry doesn't show any major signs of the uh, uh, of of you know of diminishing talent because he did show a little bit last year you know the age yeah. he's in his 12th season now dude like he's point guards especially him bounced around as much as he did early in his career you know going going houston and i believe he went to memphis and then he eventually found their home in in, in uh, toronto but you know he's getting up there in years Serge Ibaka is getting up there in years but they still have you know some of their prime left this team i believe if they, if all breaks right for them they could be easily the number one team in the east and i think they could easily represent the east in the finals um i just love their team i love defensively what they have going on i love their guard wing rotation i mean even beyond those guys already listed you know delon wright norman pal cj miles um they have a nice fun team and yeah. it's if they keep, you know, progressing and, and those guys keep showing flashes of, especially a guy like Siakam, who, you know, can play both big positions. He can play a powerful forward type along with Jonas. Maybe hit a couple threes. He can also play an interior role to Serge Ibaka's. You know, I'm not that good at being a rim protector anymore type stuff. So I think. Right. I think Pascal could also play that a little bit, you know those those that guy Pascal and, and OG and and Norman Powell those are the three guys that you know we're really looking at for a progression because I think Delon Wright has it I think he's a, he's a good he's going to be a good backup point guard in this league if not a starter for some you know meddling teams like. Orlando and I, you know, hate to bring up Orlando again. <laughs> Orlando would love Delon Wright as their starting point guard right now. You know what I mean, like, and he's a great backup point guard. Same thing with Fred VanVleet. I mean, he's a great point guard too. Um, this is a good team. They have good starters. Their starting lineup is strong. They have a good bench rotation. Um, the only questions will obviously be with Nick Nurse. You know, first year coach. He's been with the organization for a while, obviously. He he was the guy who basically was the offensive coordinator, if I'm correct in that, yeah. um, for the Raptors last year under Dwayne Casey. And, you know, new coach, you know, a new star player in tow. That's never easy to get used to, but it looks like they're kind of adjusting well to it. Kawhi's already showing flashes in preseason. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see I don't see a world – unless, again, theme of the Atlantic Division, I think, is injuries. The Atlantic Division's <laughs> yeah. team, Chris Dobbs you know, Kyrie and Hayward, the Sixers and and now with the Raptors with with Kawhi and even Kyle Lowry some you know had some injury issues and Serge also has had injury issues in the past. This team is, you know, I think they're poised for for the number one seed in the East. I think, and I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be between them and Boston competing for that top yeah. spot, unless Philly makes a, a huge, huge, huge jump. And uh, well, not a huge jump, but unless Philly makes a nice jump, you know, one of their like I said, false pops, they're easily in contention up there. But I think this is this is uh, the Raptors one seed to lose. Hmm.
0: That's interesting. I I would favor Boston right now and. I'll save that for more of the Boston side of the discussion. But with Toronto, um, you know, I agree. They're definitely, they're definitely one, one B or one A somewhere in there. Um, They're going to be right up there with Boston at the very top of the conference. Um, One of the things I think a lot of people just haven't really thought about yet is, is in the Kawhi Leonard trade, like getting Danny Green is also such a great fit for this team as well. Like, Danny Green is going to be a very good, um, a very good player that fits with this team perfectly. Um, so I like, so I, so I, really like that Danny Green um, came with them in the Kawhi Leonard trade. And uh, you're right, you, you know, this is a team that's going to be. I think it would be crazy. I think it would be crazy to predict that this team is outside of the top five in defense in the NBA. You could even go top three like i think it's almost a lock that they're a top three defense in the league
1: yeah i mean you know there's obviously defensive uh holes i guess you could say between you know norman powell isn't really there defensively jonas valentunas isn't really there there defensively um delon wright's kind of he, he has ups and downs, even though he is a bigger point guard. But yeah, I mean, like I said, that lineup of, of Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi, Danny Green, and OG Ananobi on the wing. Oh my God, dude. Like, those yeah. are Danny Green, obviously one of the best defenders at, at the guard position. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, goes goes without mentioning. And uh, OG Ananobi, uh, coming out of the draft, people are like, oh, that's Kawhi Leonard's clone. You know what I mean? Like, a, <laughs> a, a long guy, big hands. So it's going to be fun to see that and yeah like you said dude I don't think I don't think this team can be any worse than 5th defensively. Yeah. You know what I mean? And CJ Miles coming off the bench too. I know he's probably the oldest dude on the team, but he's he's a nice 3 and D wingman there too who actually played um important role for them last year I think in, in their progression into the playoffs and stuff. So I think he's going to be um, pretty important for them going forward coming off the bench like I said as a rotation wingman. But yeah, there's no way I don't think there's any way they finish worse than 5th defensively. Yeah, I I agree. Um let's
0: look at look at Toronto's. The interesting thing about their over under is they have the exact same over under as Philly at 54.5. Um which to me I would have thought there was there would be a slight difference between those two, but it's it's very hard to have an over under above 50 above 55. Like um usually usually they don't really set too many lines over over um 55. So so i understand why they why vegas did that but um this to me is uh i i think an easy over by default just because i think i think this team is like you said i think again forbidding uh forbidding injuries um you know that should be the subtitle of this of this division preview podcast uh toronto is clearly to me the second or first best team in the eastern conference i do think there is there is like you said a little bit of a jump that philly would have to make in order to be on that level, just because, like you said, this this team is so good. I mean, they they traded Demar Derozan, who was a great player, um who's probably top 20,
1: 25. Yeah, you're not getting lower than arguably 20. the third. Yeah, you're not you're not getting lower than twenty for Derozan. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade, and, and and also you know they got Danny Green, who's a good uh, rotation. Mm-hmm. Rotation guard. You know he'll probably start for them, but I I, I can also see a world where maybe he's the sixth man off the bench. You know maybe they put Ananobi and Miles in the starting lineup or something, and go with Danny Green. Doesn't matter really. But like you know they upgraded Demar Derozan into Kawhi Leonard and uh, Danny Green, and and they lost a the guy in Jakob Pertle who's a nice young big man, but they kind of replaced his his production with Greg Monroe. um yeah. So, I, I, you know, Greg Monroe is not going to set the world on fire, but he's still a nice, you know, backup big um, coming off for Valanciunas who, who, you know, the thing about the Raptors too is Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, another lottery pick, um, another guy with a big contract. Are we going to see him break out? I think if he has a breakout season, maybe a dominant big man. He's seven feet. He's huge. Jonas Valanciunas is huge, man. Like this guy yes. is huge. He's what? 280? 265. Like he's listed at, which is generous, okay. I think. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah. Like I said, I think he's pushing like 280. You know, he's not the most fleet of foot, obviously being that big, um, but still, man, he's a monster in the post, and and yeah. and and if he gets a good. You know, gets a good couple touches for the Raptors. You know, if if you want to pick one guy to kind of break out, I think it's going to be him. Because, look, he's a lottery pick, getting a lot of money, big man. Is he going to be able to step up defensively? You know, is he going to protect the rim? Because Jonas hasn't been known for protecting the rim. Um, Is he going to be able to come off and do at least something on a pick and roll? Because when he gets lost on a pick and roll, it's over. Um, So, yeah, if I'm picking one guy to break out, it's going to be him. And if I have to pick one young guy to look at and say, hey, maybe he's going to break out, Malachi Richardson really, really, really liked his game coming out of Syracuse. He went to the Kings, who we all know how the Kings are. Um, but Malachi Richardson, potential to be an athletic 3 and D. I don't know if people remember, but he was the guy who kind of saved the day for Syracuse in the NCAA tournament back in 2016, I want to say. Um they made the Elite Eight or, or Sweet 16, whatever it was. Malachi Richardson was the star of that team um, in in the NCAA tournament. He's a he's a bigger guard, about six six. Uh, he can shoot it a little bit. He has pretty good athleticism is he going to become a three and D guy, maybe crack the rotation? Because then that, then that allows the Raptors to look at guys like maybe a Norman Powell trade, you know, maybe they want to trade, a a, a, a another asset for, you know, maybe a veteran player who's on the way out or whatever. Um, but yeah, Malachi Richardson, keep your eye on him. I, I really like his game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. I, I, I like what I've seen from him as well. Uh, let's transition to Boston now. So, Boston, again, like like we said, one of uh, one of the top teams in the East. You know, one A, one B type team. They obviously bring back from being one game away from the finals. They essentially bring back uh, Kyrie Irving and, and they add they essentially add Gordon Hayward to the team. Um, so a team that was one game away from the finals now adds two superstars to their team. Uh, so obviously, you know, they have. We 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 all know their closing lineup is is going to be Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Hayward, and Horford, um, and I don't well I don't think that's going to be what they start the season with. Um, I think I think that that's definitely going to be their closing lineup, and that's definitely going to be the lineup that they that they play to win games. Which of those five though, to me, uh, or to you, makes the biggest sacrifice? Because to me, it seems like it's either. The bench guys like Smart Rozier or Al Horford.
1: Um, I think the one guy that's gonna make a st- so so it's a twofold question here because, you know, you're returning Hayward, you're basically returning Kyrie from the end of the season playoffs that he missed, yeah. and like you said, you're gonna have to take away from somebody. Horford has no problem doing that. We've already seen it, so I don't think it's gonna yeah. be him. It's it's most likely gonna be Terry Rozier. I think Terry Rozier is going to be the guy that takes a huge step back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Celtics just recently came out, and or, or, or Terry Rozier, I guess, recently came out and said that they don't have a contract extension in the works for him, um, which is semi-surprising given the fact that they did find one for Marcus Smart uh, eventually after some discussion there. I, you know, it's it's going to be tricky to see what they do with their guard rotation because even deep, deep, deep down the bench, um, I'll do my I'll do my underrated name to look out for um, prediction early. Brad Wanamaker, uh, Pittsburgh product. He's actually one of the older guys on the team. He was born in '89, so he's actually an older player. Um, he's pretty much older than everybody on this team besides like Marcus Morris and Aaron Baines. So like he's he, but he's played overseas. He's had a stellar career overseas. He was a star in the Euroleague. Uh, went. Wanamaker is is a good 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 point guard, but that's a guy that's their fourth point guard right now in the depth chart. Um, you know, are they going to do something with Smart? Are they going to trade Terry Rozier? You know, I, Kyrie already said he's resigning his extension. So we know that Boston is not going anywhere as and, so, and their point guard and small forward positions they are locked in. Kyrie and Hayward going forward, Al Horford. Who knows? He's he's a little bit older, so maybe he's the guy that uh, you know ends up taking a money cut. But as far as this season and their minutes, it's it has to be Terry Rozier. I don't see a world in yeah. which Terry Rozier is not the guy who. Obviously, he's not going to be starter. Obviously, he's not going to be full of full, you know, scary Terry, so to speak. Um, you know, Jalen Brown's another guy that I look at, and I'm thinking, mm, is he a guy that's gonna? Yeah. I, I don't think he, does, he needs – he doesn't need it, He's not overly aggressive in the offense. Right. Either. Like he doesn't need to score to be a yeah. part of the offense. Um, You know, he's really good. He's a decent, pretty good shooter. Uh, He's really good athletically, obviously, going to value dunks, crazy, you know, fast yeah. break dunks. He's a really good player. Great Jason cutter. Tatum. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great player. Jason Tatum is – I don't think – I think they're going to – honestly, I think they're going to probably work through Tatum more this year just because of the yeah. way that the offense is set up to the point where Gordon Hayward, you know – You got to move the ball around with Hayward. Hayward's not a creator in the sense of like, like you know a a a regular All Star small forward like a LeBron or even even Mm -hmm. a DeRozan where you give him the ball and watch him create. He kind of needs to get fed the ball one of two ways, you know, either around screens or he's posting up. So I think they'll try to do the same thing with Tatum, whether they'll have a kind of a two pronged post attack there. But they're two forwards. Uh, yeah. You know, Al Horford is free to play the, the the perimeter, set some screens, do whatever. So I think those two guys are going to be there. But to answer your question, Terry was there, is going to be the guy that uh, takes yeah. a step back. And, you know, Terry isn't, isn't afraid to speak his mind either. So... This is this is the part of the Boston Celtics that kinda worry me a little bit, is if, you know, mm-hmm. Terry's not getting twenty minutes a game, if he's not getting, you know, five, six shots a game, is he gonna start speaking out? You know, maybe Terry has a bad week and Marcus Smart takes his spot in the rotation as the backup point guard, um, as opposed to being, you know, the backup two man or starting two man, whatever. Um you know, it's, it's, and that's the other thing too, their starting lineup. Who are they starting? Is it going to be Kyrie, Brown, Tatum, Hayward, Horford? Or is it going to be, you know, Kyrie, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, Horford? Or, you know, it's, it, it's going to be, or, 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 are they going to go big? Are they going to go, you know, Kyrie, Tatum, Hayward, Horford, Baines? I mean, there's a couple yeah. ways they could go with the starting lineup uh you know their rookie robert williams if he if he shows flashes i'm sure they wouldn't mind going big in the lineup because then they'll have a nice big man coming off the bench there for them along with daniel tice whenever he's healthy i'm sure he's gonna be back pretty soon uh it's 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 just a team that i like their pieces i really do but if we're looking at you know star power and and who's gonna carry them through i'm looking at toronto and i see Kawhi leonard and i'm just like yeah this guy's really good i'm looking at Philly, and I see Joel Embiid. I'm like, yeah, this guy's really good. I look at Boston, and I see Kyrie, and I say, yeah, he's really good. But, but, is, is he? Is he? He's a difference maker. But is he a guy that's going to lead a team to 60 wins? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, Kyrie's not a. Kyrie's not on the superstar tier for me as far as like talent and ability. I don't have Kyrie in my top five point guards. I'm just going to be honest. Really? Yeah, I don't think Kyrie's a a, a good ball distributor. Wow. I don't think Kyrie's um, good defensively. Um, obviously, he's a fantastic playmaker. Obviously, he's a great shooter. Obviously, he's he's pretty. You know, he's shown leadership signs, um, but you know, defensively, he gets lost a lot. Uh, his assist numbers fluctuate. You know, when yeah. Kyrie wants to, basically, when Kyrie wants to pass the ball, he'll pass the ball. You know, he's he's his career average for assists is like at six, at five, five and a half, let's say. I don't know. It, what What is he? I mean, his career high for a season is six assists. Like he's not a he's not a point guard to me. He's only a point guard to me, by size, not by talent. If he was six seven, he'd be a wingman. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't be a point guard. Right. Um, so, uh, for me, I I just think I think Boston has a lot of talent. You know, one through eight, you know, stack up there. One through eight, you know, they're better probably than ninety five percent of the league. Uh, I just don't know if they're. I like I like him, man. I really do, and I don't want to sound like I don't, but I just you know I have a lot of questions. One, you know, what what are these guys going to do, especially like a guy like Terry Rozier or even um, Marcus Smart, if if things don't start working their way, are are they going to be upset? Are they going to be you know kind of maybe sending a little messages out to the right people to get some, you know rumblings across i don't know it might be just the new york i hate boston in me um (laughs) but again i don't see them being any worse than like three in the east you know what i mean as long as they're all healthy healthy uh i mean shoot even if they aren't healthy (laughs) brad Stevens showed last year it doesn't matter i'm still gonna lead this team to 60 wins so or 50 whatever they finished with last year 50s 55 wins. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brad Stevens is an amazing coach. I think that's their best asset on the team, honestly. Um, So, yeah, Boston, Boston to me is a team that has a lot to prove as far as can these guys, the mix of the youth and the vet, work together and become um, symbiotic and, and, and work to one main goal as we're not seeing in Minnesota, for example, where you have a vet that's <laughs> really, really uh, um, headstrong and, and the young guys are kind of confused what's going on. But Boston, I don't think Boston's going to finish any worse than third. Yeah,
0: I, I I don't see them finishing any worse than second, honestly, um, just for the reasons you state that. Even if there are tragic injuries, um, again, hopefully not. But even if there are tragic injuries, uh, this team has still got quite a few high-level players, and Brad Stevens has shown an amazing ability to adapt. So I I think this is a I think this is a great I think this is the best team in the East. Um, Just like you said, one through eight. I think the only team, the only other team, one through eight that's better is Golden State. I I just I really like this Boston core. I like how they all fit. I like that their ability to switch is very very high. Um, again, up there with right up there with the Warriors and and the Raptors as, as switchable as switchable teams. Um, they they have a lot of different ways they can kill you. Like you said, um, Kyrie pick and roll or even ISO, um, Gordon Hayward and Tatum post slash wing um, slash wing. Al Al Horford Al Horford showed that he could be that he could be a go to guy in the playoffs as well if if he even if he needs to be so. I really like this team. Um, I'm very high on this team. I think they're good. I think, like you said, the only the only thing that I could see maybe being a problem, and I don't think enough people are talking about it, and I think that's because they want to. They want The NBA fandom in general wants a team that's going to challenge the Warriors, and so they're looking at Boston. Um, so they're looking at them optimistically, but yeah, you're right. I think there is definitely potential there to uh for this team chemistry wise to go sideways because um terry Rozier marcus smart like um marcus smart got his contract extension so him not so much anymore but um but terry Rozier like you said could be is a guy who's known to be open and vocal about his about his uh about just his situation uh and and, and marcus morris don't ever forget marcus morris when we had him in detroit i love the man to death but um but he's vocal as well very often um, he, I mean he got ejected
1: and, from a preseason game like last week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly.
0: Like, exactly. Um and and, and let's not forget if they, they go and like Gordon a four
1: Hayward. yeah, if they go on a four game losing streak, uh, I'm sure Marcus Morris will be the first guy to say, "Hey, you know, bum blah, blah, blah. yeah, things are going wrong." Yeah.
0: Um and let's not forget let's not forget Gordon Gordon Hayward um let's not forget the fact that he was that he had that quote in in the interview, and I wish I could uh, remember off the top of my head where the interview was from. But he had he had a quote in that interview saying that he uh, that there was a part of him that was a little that was hoping that Boston would lose um, just for the simple fact that they that he doesn't want oh, yeah. to feel like he's not needed.
1: I believe it was um, Players Tribune. He did a, a video series, right? I think that's where he did it.
0: Yeah, that's, that sounds right. Um, again, I can, I, that sounds right. So, sorry to, sorry to whoever did that interview. I wish I could give you credit um, off the top of my head, but I'm just blanking. But yeah, so, so there's definitely uh, um, egos there. I mean, everybody talks about behind the scenes, Kyrie is a KG type alpha. So, um, so there's definitely e- ego issues there, but I, 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 I don't know, call me Call me just optimistic and looking for a challenge to the Warriors, but I just I'm all in on this team.
1: And Kyrie, like, Kyrie's planting his flag too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like let's let's not let's not you know hate to go into psychics of the players because you know we we obviously don't know them personally enough. But <laughs> Kyrie's walking up into this season and saying this is my team. Not only this year, but the next five years when I resign my extension in the summer. This is right. my team. So he's planting his flag already saying, This is my team. So, what's that going to be like for maybe a guy like, I mean, I'm sure a guy like Gordon Harrod won't say anything, but, um, you know, what's that going to be like for these guys that might not be uh, copesthetic, I guess you could say, with Kyrie's leadership? Skill, or or maybe Kyrie gets a big head. You, you, we don't know what this guy Kyrie is capable of. Because one minute you hear him do an interview with Bill Simmons, he's awesome, he's smart, he's he's talking about great, great things, and the next minute, you know, he's saying the Earth is flat as a as an experiment, I guess, to to talk about the social constructs of society. Like what, dude? Like what are you talking about? be, play ball, dude. Like, let's play ball. Like, you don't have to go into these crazy, not even real conspiracy theories. Like, just play ball, dude. Um, so, yeah, Kyrie's painting his flag and he's saying, hey, this is my team now. This is my team for the next five years. This is what I wanted. This is what, you know, I, I wanted to tr- get traded away from Cleveland for. This is it. This is me. So, what's that going to be like for for a guy, you know, Marcus Morris for example, is he going to gel with that? I'm sure he has no problem with it. Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier looking for that extension. What's that going to be like going forward? And 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 to the to the further point, God forbid knock on wood, if Kyrie gets hurt again, and we've all seen that famous you know, graphic that I believe NBA on TNT made with all the injuries on Kyrie. That has only mm-hmm. increased as the time has gone on. I mean, the dude had rusty screws in his knees. Like, what are we getting? What Are we getting a fully healthy return back to full strength Kyrie? Because then if he's not, then that complicates things with Boston. And we have another Isaiah Thomas situation on our hands to where mm-hmm. we've already seen Boston said – we don't care. This is business. Isaiah Thomas, you could argue, has already has done a lot more from Boston than Kyrie has ever done to this point. Um, you know, what Isaiah Thomas did with his family in the playoffs and, and battling through injuries. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be a lot easier for them to say, hey, you know what, Kyrie, you want that max deal? Go get it in Phoenix. Go get it in Orlando. Go get it in Sacramento. We're not giving it to you and trade them. Um, yeah. 'Cause he's not re-signed. I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's, you know, he didn't re-sign his deal, you know, that day. He didn't re-sign put yeah. the pen to the paper that day. I'm sure part of that is Kyrie. And I'm sure part of that is most of that probably is Boston, wanting to see what he looks like coming back from this injury. Because that's not, you know, that's not an everyday injury where this guy has screws in his knees, gets a staph infection, and, you know, he can't walk. You know, this guy was getting IVs pumped into him for two weeks or whatever. He couldn't walk. So you know, let's see. And don't get it twisted, those who are out there listening. I like this team. I really do. What's their over/under? You said it was 55. Uh,
0: 57 and a half. Yeah,
1: 57. That's probably that's placing them right around where they were last year. I mean, between the Raptors and the Celtics, I'd probably put the over. I'd hit the over on that just because like I said, the East got Yeah, worse. I think they're sixty. Yeah, I think the East yeah, they're probably pushing sixty wins. Same thing with Toronto, I'd say they're probably pushing sixty wins. Um the East got worse. You know, LeBron got worse. Or the LeBron left the Cavs. Um, you know, we don't know what's gonna come out of Detroit. I don't know what we got with the Pistons. We don't know what's gonna come out of Charlotte. <laughs> um the Knicks got worse. The Bulls got worse. The Magic and the Hawks are still the Magic and the Hawks. Um are the Patriots still gonna be the same team that they were last year? You know, teams aren't gonna be caught by surprise anymore by Olodipo and Sabonis and those guys and Miles Turner. So You know, let's see. Let's see what happens here. But yeah, for Boston, as far as Boston's concerned, I like the team. You know, they're one through eight. Like you said, switchability factor is huge. They're another good defensive team. You know, Marcus Morris is a good defender. Jalen Brown has potential to be, you know, a, a defensive, all defensive first team guy. You know, Al Horford's always been a really, really, really good defender for his position. Um so yeah, let's see. Let's see. I think I think it's 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 more of a it's less of a you know, on court skill thing with them. It's going to be more of off court things like injuries and egos. I think that will be um, a big question for Boston. You know, this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think the biggest question is the egos. Um, okay, well thank you rob for coming on man i really i really enjoyed this i i really enjoyed this this was to me one of the most if not the most interesting division to talk about maybe maybe not because of the northwest and jimmy butler drama but it's up there
1: i mean they, um, they potentially got three of the best five teams in the league this year you know yeah so it's a it's a yeah, good division.
0: Ex- yeah man definitely gonna definitely gonna keep you busy there there in new york for sure too. um yeah, and so so what's on what's on deck for you? What do you what are you up to, man? As the season approaches?
1: Uh, well, I mean, the season's coming up uh, this week. I'm not sure when you're putting the show out, but obviously, season comes up on Tuesday, so that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, opening the NBA season is always a great time, but for me, I mean, just covering sports overall for Defend is just you know this is the month, dude. This is you know yeah. October's the month. We got the baseball playoffs. We got footballs in full swing. NBA starting up. Mm. Hockey's starting up, even though you know maybe not many people like it, but I kind of like the hockey sometimes. They have some good players, some some great talents. Um, So all the sports are starting up or or finding their end here. Um, You know, Thursday, the Thursday after the season starts is a sports equinox potentially if we get. Game five yeah. of, of Yankees and Astros, where we have all four sports on at once. So as a sports fan, man, you, you, this time of the year is awesome. So I'm just staying busy, trying to stay out of trouble. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, keep keeping keeping things uh, rolling for Def Pen and, and also my other job, with FanDuel as their social media associate there. So um, as far as the sports end of things going, man, it's 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 gonna be a fun time here going into you know the the colder months. So it's always it's always yeah. fun to, to keep up with what's going on.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I didn't get the chance actually to congratulate you on the Fanduel thing as well. So,
1: ah, uh, thank you, thank you. It's a, it's a great place. If anybody needs to go on Fanduel, go ahead, uh, Fanduel dot slash B two B. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if anybody does uh, need it, Fanduel obviously is a great place to go make your uh, you know uh, uh, daily fantasy sports. And also, they have the Fanduel sports book. So, anybody listening from Jersey, you can download that app and make bets on overs and under, like we talked about today, and and also some. Uh, that's players MVP. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on over at FanDuel, so you can definitely check that out. Just a cheap plug. Yeah,
0: yeah. The MVP man. That that's probably the most interesting. Uh, one of the most interesting things left uh, at, for, as far as
1: Vegas over underlines, man. I, that is a. I bet. interesting. I bet. I'd bet on Kawhi. I'd bet on Kawhi. I think he's a nice value. Yeah, yeah. I
0: I, I think so too. But I think you're, bang- you're 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 again you're banking on. I think I think he's more safer than people think. Just because Toronto's most likely going to be a top two team in the East, he's most likely going to be the best player by far on that team, um, as far as uh, statistical performance goes. So yeah, I, I think it. I think him Giannis. Giannis is the guy that everyone seems to want to root for. But um, again, will his team finish high enough? You know. Right. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kawhi. Kawhi. Uh... Kawhi, like you said, top two in the East. Uh, that definitely could be a recipe for an MVP. And plus a new guy, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the voters are sticking to yeah. Westbrook, Harden, LeBron, Triumvirate, Anthony Davis there. You know, Kawhi can sneak in. I think he can sneak in pretty easily. So, yeah, if, you, if you're if you a betting person, definitely definitely look at Kawhi Leonard and his odds before the season starts.
0: I agree. Well, thank you, Rob, for coming out, man. I really enjoy you um, at Roboto on all on Twitter, all the social medias, right? Yes
1: sir. Yep. I do it uh do it all across so it's the same stuff.
0: Okay, cool. Um so go follow him. Uh he does amazing content. Um as always you can catch him on uh Def on Def Pen as well as FanDuel and even um and even especially Count the Dings, which you all know that listen to the podcast and you know, I'm big fans of them and, and the work they do. So um so yeah so check check him out there and Thank you, Rob, for coming on, man. I really enjoyed this. No
1: problem, buddy. Shouts to you for having me on. I appreciate it. I love ball talk or talking about ball.
0: No problem. We'll we'll have you back. We'll have you back in a couple weeks or a month or so to t- see how the see how the division's shaking out. Sounds good, buddy.